It was like kind of certain, yeah, just I'd be an atheist for the rest of my life. Like I don't believe in God, right? Maybe you've seen over the last like one year or so that I've really started to consider this more and more to the point now that I'm literally reading the Quran. My mom used to make me read that when I was a child and you know, I never really wanted to. I always like struggled or whatever. And now I've actively started reading it by my own accord. And Welcome back to The Three Muslims. If you guys remember, a few months ago, we did a stream with Hamza. And we, you know, kind of addressed a lot of things about his religion, his views on Islam and everything like that. So where are you in terms of coming back to Islam? Seems like it's a, uh, a process. <laughs> like I, it's not something I could just like jump into. I can't imagine it's something that'll be quick. Uh, with everything you guys are saying, with, for example, praying and fasting. And then today... Here's what we find out. Jeffrey is a racist. For some reason, he just hates people who believes in God. Now, of course, there's some normal atheists, but Jeffrey is a hater. He spends his time on Reddit and in the YouTube comment section swearing at people. God doesn't exist. <laughs> Come on, Jeffrey. People are entitled to their own beliefs. Adonis. When you think of Adonis, what kind of man do you think he would be? Would he be a Reddit atheist? Or would he be a godly man? Wouldn't a man like Adonis raise his children in a way to fear God? Wouldn't he prefer to have a woman whose whole community believes in God and follows a structured system to live their lives by? Adonis is a man of values and he gets that from his religion. I hated being brown-skinned. I hated identifying as a Muslim. I was born in Pakistan and we moved to the UK when I was just a few years old and my parents raised me to be a Muslim. And by the time I got a few years old and 9-11 had happened, all I saw on the TV was issues with brown people. As a young child, it became confirmed in my mind that being brown was a bad thing. Being Muslim meant that I was a terrorist. It was a source of ridicule and bullying in school. Till eventually, I started adopting more of this like white British culture. But I never really fit in with the people here. I made about my own race and my own religion and you know i was like the self-deprecating little pakistani guy who's like making racist jokes about brown people and everything and like calling myself a terrorist just to try and make the white boys laugh when i look back now like you know it's cringe and I, it's kind of annoying when i think of that little shit version of me but i also just see like this young boy who was so pressured by the society and the media around him that convinced him that being brown was a bad thing that being religious was a bad thing that being muslim meant that you're a terrorist and that's all i saw every single day on the tv every single day hearing the news and everything that okay brown people are bad and you know muslims are terrorists and so of course i didn't want to identify with that when there would be like some kind of terrorist attack i would literally personally feel shame and i would really want to deviate away from those people and act extra white next to my friends i abandoned my race my religion my faith my god and i indulged in the pleasures of the west the degeneracy that's available here you know there's those temptations whether you're a religious man or not there's those temptations that you will have those desires promiscuity of, of fucking these girls here of watching porn taking drugs of partying and drinking alcohol enjoying yourself i did all of that and you can literally see my journey through these hundreds of videos that i've made you can see that this is real that i indulged in that lifestyle we have hundreds of videos of me in i enjoyed that lifestyle all that the godless west has to offer and here i am today in front of you saying it wasn't that great. Why is it that you see men like Andrew Tate, who again has experienced like all that the West has to offer, all these hedonistic pleasures, convert into Islam? Because once you've fulfilled all of these primal desires of yours, you're left with this spiritual numbness, this emptiness, but then also this paranoia, this fear of what may arise when you are a godless man. And now, if you're watching this and you're thinking this is weird and wait, why is Hamza preaching religion to us? I don't want you to feel like you're not welcome so much. I'm not religious, religious, not yet. I've been atheist for literally most of my life. And only just in the last few months have I realized like, something has got to change. Now, Tate has recently just come out and said that he's Muslim and he's a man that I respect. I hope that this video doesn't seem like I'm just imitating him or copying him because this is a major life decision that we're talking about. But he's a man that I respect and when he's gave the arguments for and against believing in God, for and against being religious, it makes total sense to me that we are always going to worship something. 
I'm going to say this again. You are always worshipping something. If you're an atheist, which I am, so I'm not being hateful or anything, but I am too. But if you're an atheist and you don't believe in God, you're still worshipping something. You still have some kind of God, okay? It's not a religious God. It's not the God from the Bible. It's not Allah. But you still worship something. You know, I carry this concept. I hope this makes sense. I carry this concept in my mind, okay? You're always worshipping something. Religious people worship a God and a holy book. Atheists, what do they worship? What do atheists scream and go crazy about? What do people in like this godless country, I'm in the UK, what do people worship here? Rappers, gang members. If you're uncertain about that, you can search on YouTube right now. Search for some rapper and write concert at the end of it. And you will see all these people crazy, crazy. Oh my God, oh, that's the guy oh, I listen to. He is their God. When you live in a godless country, you're still being given people to worship. Now the issue is the person that you're worshipping isn't this holy, almighty power. It's not like this force of good. It's this random fucking thug degenerate. Who's, I was like, kind of certain, yeah, just, I'd be an atheist for the rest of my life. Like, I don't believe in God, right? Maybe you've seen over the last, like, one year or so that I've really started to consider this more and more. To the point now that I'm literally reading the Quran. My mom used to make me read that when I was a child and, you know, I never really wanted to. I always, like, struggled or whatever. And now I've actively started reading it by my own accord. And I called my mom two days ago and told her. And I just saw, like, the biggest smile on her face when I told her that I started reading, you know, our holy book. And she just got, like, so happy. She told me it was the right thing. She told me that this, you know, this was the way forward. Right here, right now, you either fully believe me, you agree with me, and you're like, yeah, this is amazing. Hamza might turn Muslim, you know, he'll be one of our brothers. That's amazing. And that's awesome. But maybe if you're watching this right now and you're just feeling weird and thinking, okay, this guy's preaching to us. I don't care about religion. Religion's not important. Trust me when I say I felt exactly the same way for all of my life. Maybe you're not there just yet, but there will be a point as you keep advancing your self-improvement, especially when you start looking into like the wider scale of things. You start really investigating why countries rise and fall. You start investigating the kind of country that you want to raise your children. And then you start to realize that countries that eventually give up their culture, their values, and their religion end up getting fucking decimated by another country that's kept their hardcore values. And you see a strong, successful man being silenced, being hate on, being called toxic. Where do you see them all go? They don't stay in these fucking countries anymore. You see Tate just move over. Like, you know, he was started in UK, then he moved over to Romania, then he's moved to Dubai. I'm going to Dubai. You see Iman moved to Dubai. Bro, everyone's moving east. Every smart, rich person is moving east. And literally, they're all moving to a Muslim country. Why? Think about that. These guys are probably your role models. All of your role models are moving to a Muslim country. And all of the broke guys are still going out to the pub. And you see them, like, lying down on the floor. On, like, you know, the gritty, dirty floor at the end of the night. I'm like, oh, I'm so fucked, lad. Oh, I had too many Jaeger bombs, lad. You know, there's countries, because of religion, that totally inhibit, especially the sexual, just freedom, but just the sexual freedom of their young people. Islam restricts that. Islam restricts the sexual freedom of the young people there. You only get to have sex and you only get to experience the opposite sex. Once you're about to get married, and guess what happens then? A young Muslim guy and a young Muslim girl, since they're restricted from being able to, like, you know, date or have sex or anything, they're focused on being productive, good citizens. In a right, like, in an enforced Islamic country, people go through the school system focused on their studies, and so they produce some top-level doctors and engineers and their country gets stronger. Here, you know, what happens through the school system here? If you're in the UK or the US, what happens during school? Busy thinking, oh, has she replied? Oh, oh he just fucked me and now he's not replying anymore. Think about how much of their brain power is being taken away by the openness of the sexual revolution here. Bro, kids are having sex at age 13 here. Do you really think they're focused on their studies? Do you really think this country is going to produce like the best workers that it could do? 100% this sounds contradictive coming from someone who's indoors in the degeneracy here. Yo, this is a case of me experiencing these things, fucking around, enjoying the drug culture, the party culture here, and then transforming and telling you don't do it. And you can say to yourself, wait, but this guy's done it, so how is he telling me not to do it? Well, the only way that I could tell you not to do these things, like for example, to not continue playing video games, to maybe, maybe reconsider being an atheist, maybe don't take drugs, and maybe don't be so sex obsessed with the women here, because I've done them myself and I'm speaking from experience. How interesting is that, that you are seeing the rise of strong men who are from Western countries, who have indulged in every pleasure that the degenerate Western world has to offer, and you are seeing these men take a big step away from the Western world, and telling you like it's not even that great. You're literally seeing guys who have indulged in everything, and they're telling you that it's not that great. Now I'll speak directly to 
to the Muslims who are watching this, the young Muslims who might have some kinds of temptations right now, I can emphasize with you, especially if you live in countries like this and all you're seeing is just ass every day, ass on TikTok, ass on social media. Your school teacher's a stripper because that's, oh, well, you know, sex workers. <laughs> your school teacher's got fucking OnlyFans these days. Oh, man, you know, <laughs> we've got to support sex workers. As a young Muslim man, you're being sold sex and the temptation will keep increasing. Hopefully you can see a man like me, maybe a man like Tate and just think these guys have indulged in that and they're literally still telling you that it's not worth pursuing. I've started reading the Quran and maybe you should too. It's a lot to unpack, bro. I was having a call with uh, one of my clients before this and, you know, we were talking about, you know, some struggles and hardships, you know, growing up here and kind of finding nihilism and just, you know, what's the point of Islam if eventually Islam ends up not being real? What if there's no God? What if you die and it's there's no angel of death? And it kind of gives you a little bit of an existential crisis. And I was telling him, I was like, okay. And then I was like, so, so like, what's your fear? And he's like, what if, what if I could have just lived like a little bit more, done a little bit more haram, you know, so to speak, just to make me feel more alive? What am I really sacrificing all this for? And I asked him and I said, I want you to understand one thing, bro. Hedonism is a black hole. Every single time you tell yourself, okay, I know what I'm doing is haram, but just one more time, you know, one more nut, one more joint, one more sip. I promise I won't need any more after. Just one more, and then I'll be good. I'll quench my thirst. Every single time you tell yourself that, as soon as you do it, I'm sure you might feel that way, but then a day later, a week later, a month later, could even be a few hours later, you're going to be ready to do it again for another one more time. And I told him, you'll never, ever put out this flame. Um, a scholar is asked, I've been by an atheist, and the atheist is like, oh, how are you going to feel when you die and you realize that it was all fake? That, like, there's no Jannah, there's no Jahannam. It, it was all fake, that there's no God, astaghfirullah. And then the scholar was like, oh, I'm going to feel a whole lot better than you when you realize that it was real and you're going straight to Jahannam. Let's you take it a step him. back, bro. Because last we talked to him, he, he said he feels this thing blocking him. I don't know if I don't know if we should have gotten our boy Rukia, bro. I don't know if if that's what we should have done. But what we do know is he literally said there was a physical, literal block that was preventing him think, from looking into the Quran. I think, bro, it was just programming from what he had heard in the past, hmm. and like it was still like his his reality, his experience just hadn't it just hadn't linked up yet with uh you know not having this block anymore but alhamdulillah like you see it now this this block isn't there clearly this block isn't there he's acknowledged what it was what the block was what he was experiencing like perhaps what was holding him back all this time and now he's reading the quran so all we can do is just make dua for him bro but Jones. man bro like that's that's beautiful that he's reading the quran now and it what bro what are the odds this is where you have to like kind of reflect on this and just see how Allah has just this perfect plan of everything, because he's close, or I don't, I don't know how close he is to uh, Andrew Tate, but I know that he he was definitely looking at Andrew Tate and like what Andrew Tate does, and then he sees Andrew Tate go from this life into being Muslim, so that's already kind of like in his uh, forefront of his mind, and he's as he's seeing that. He sees Andrew Tate basically going over to the east, moving to Dubai. 
and he's he's living in the UK. He had experienced what he experienced. He said in one of his videos, he saw someone get uh, robbed right out uh, like a few meters away from his his apartment or something like this. And then I'm sure at some point he starts thinking like, okay, what what better what better place can I move? And then he goes to Dubai, and in Dubai, you know, okay, Dubai is like mm, real flashy, right? But he's in Dubai, and in Dubai you have the Adan. So now he's hearing the Adan. Every single day he's hearing the Adan. He's in a Muslim land where he's more exposed to Muslims. So now, instead of having that narrative, that programming that's saying all these bad things about Muslims, well now it's like it's kind of breaking that programming apart because he's seeing the Muslims firsthand. He's hearing the Adan. He's seeing how beautiful it is. He's seeing how safe this country is. Not this one, but I'm not in Dubai right now. But he's seeing that for himself. And it's just like, subhanAllah, like Allah made all that happen to where now, now this man is actually no longer blocked. He's, he's opened up and he's, he's reading the Quran. So again, like, let's just, let's make dua for this man. Because everything he said in that video is the truth. I did want to wrap it up by giving some type of a, just a message to Hamza, some advice to Hamza, some pointers to Hamza, because I understand it's at this point where some people make it forward and some people don't. And this is not to me, you know, make me pessimistic or anything like that and or set him up for failure or anything like that. May Allah guide him fully to the truth and be firm ten toes down with Huck. I mean, and that's all I want. But it's at this time, bro, when there is a danger that lurks, bro. There is some people that don't want to fully let go of this programming. That side by side while they read the Quran, what do they do, bro? We had a friend like this. Mm. May Allah got him to Islam, but side by side, they, they watch other YouTubers that don't like Islam. They hate Islam. They're Islamophobes or they have an agenda. They need yeah, Patreon you gotta, content, you know? You got to come with an empty cup. You got to come, with, an come empty cup. with a full cup or a half full cup. Why don't you elaborate on that? What does that mean? Because a lot of people are like, why is this guy holding a coffee mug? If I'm coming to you, and you got some coffee, and I want some coffee. I want to try this coffee. You're telling me about this coffee you got. You're like, man, this coffee's so good, bro. Like, the aroma, the flavor, bro, it's just bam. Like, it pops in your mouth, bro. I'm like, yo, I want some of that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, here, here, let me give you some. If I come to you and this cup is full, I can't try yours. I, I, It's not, I can't try you. I might get, like, a very tiny, like, hint of it mixed into what I already have. If mine is a half full, even then, like I'm not trying it 100%, I'm not receiving 100% the coffee that you have. But if I come to you with an empty cup and you pour that coffee in this cup, boy, I'm gonna taste 100% of that there coffee. And that's the whole point, man. People gotta come into it with an empty cup in order to receive the message fully. Damn, I think that was perfectly perfect analogy, bro. Allah Mubarak. I think you, you couldn't have explained it better, bro. May Allah bless you for that. And that that's that's it, bro. Because you see these these groups on on the internet, on YouTube, this whole industry, this whole demographic, this whole economy, bro. Them getting Patreon money, them getting supporters and super chats from other people that just hate Islam because they're just too programmed. They're not gonna get food on the table if they don't get subs and donations and all of that. So they need to keep making these videos, slandering Islam, taking things out of context, lies, just like mainstream media. So it's in and of ourselves, in our best interest, that we come into it with an empty cup as much as we can, like Bilal Anho said. 
So this is going to be probably the first advice and primary, not primary, the, the priority in what you should do and keep in the forefront of your mind when you're coming into it. And it's easy to, you know, start like that, but then a couple chapters in, you're like, oh, but I remember someone said this about this chapter, this verse, and get yeah, lost yeah, in the yeah. sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamza. Inshallah, bro. Inshallah, we will we'll see you out there, bro. We'll see you out there at some point. Inshallah. If you even watch this video, inshallah, we can get that in-person podcast sometime. We'd love to. We'll come to Dubai. Make it happen. Inshallah. That's number one, bro. I got one more point because we're going to keep it two short like points. Like, yeah. And the number two, bro, once you understand that Islam is the truth, the Quran is truth. There's no doubt. There's no fiber in your being where you're like, you know what? This is it. And Anna has been through it because he read the Quran and, and you know, I don't know if you finished the whole thing, but he came to a point where he's like, you know what? This is it. Like, I know, I know, like, being Muslim is the only thing that matters now. And there's all these thoughts that you might have in your mind, like, okay, once I start, I got to pray five times a day now. Oh, and then I got to fast for Ramadan. Oh, I got to, like, cut some people off or distance myself from some practices and not do certain holidays and one after another after another all these thoughts are just going to bombard you uh once Nanho, bro do you have some advice from your your personal life what you did did you did you try to become the perfect muslim before taking the shahada or did you then take the shahada then try to become the ideal muslim to the best of your abilities which one bro tell them tell them what i told you when uh before i took my shahada so when you were ready about bro, the tattoos about the tattoos Oh, bro. So you basically, so y'all know Anhel had a lot of tattoos from Jahiliya. And he asked me, uh, bro, I want to get my whole body tattooed. And then I'm going to come to Islam. That way it's not like sinning or anything like that. And I was like, bro, if only it worked that way. You really think knowing what you know now about not getting tatted up, that you could still do that? You think you're going to be tried the same as someone that's ignorant, bro? No, it's, it's not going to work like that. So then he's like, all right, bet. Uh, let me at least finish the Quran. And I was like, nah, bro, what's what's after the Quran? You know, just do it. There's no prerequisite to becoming a Muslim involving reading the Quran, bro. Do you believe in Allah? Do you believe in the Prophet who came, right? Do you believe in the angels that have given him revelation, which is the fourth thing, the books? Do you believe in their judgment? And then predestination, these are the six pillars of Iman. And then obviously we have the five pillars of Islam. Allah, you know, fasting, zakat, and hajj. If you can do all five of these things, if you accept that these are obligatory, these are things we've got to do. They're main fundamental pillars of Islam. And the six pillars of Iman, of your belief, that's enough for you to become Muslim. Weren't we talking to that brother, bro? I'm not gonna name his name, but he was joking. He's like when the mother, the Christian mother, Sani's mom, he was like, I believe in God and I believe Prophet Muhammad was a messenger. We should have been like, damn, bro, that's it. Cut. End the episode right now. She's a Muslim, bro. She's a Muslim. But all jokes aside, it, it really doesn't take much. You don't need to like 180 your life before you become a Muslim and have paralysis by analysis about all these things. You take the step because you know the step is the only thing that is true in this world full of lies. Then you deal with everything else after. But at least you will not be questioned on why you didn't take the step after it has been made clear as day to you. Yeah. And that's all we're going to say. So, look, I'm going to tell him 
this is like my personal advice. If I if I genuinely had uh Hamza right in front of you or in front of my face, I would tell him, look, the journey is between you and the creator. So like it's it's very uh noble for you to be sharing a lot of what you share on your social media, but it's genuinely like it's not necessary because you have to develop this relationship. You have to get close to the creator. You have to find the answer. You have to find the truth. And this feeling that you have where it's like you don't want to just jump right in. You don't want to just say you're Muslim. You don't just want to take the shahada. It's it's a fear that does not make sense. And the way that I can actually show you that is that the more you read the Quran, you will find a part within the Quran where God says, we will show them the signs within and without until they see that this is the truth. So this feeling that you have, these thoughts that you have that are maybe blocking you or maybe holding you back from like fully jumping into it, fully immersing yourself, fully letting go and just going into it. it I want to say it's irrational. I want to say it doesn't make sense. I want to say that it's just it's just the old programming. It's the old ways. It's it's literally the Jeffrey inside of you holding you back, bro. So inshallah, man, keep that journey to yourself. You know, get closer to God, the Creator, to yourself, by yourself, um, as much as you can. Because I know, I know he's got a lot of people close to him right now. But um, from there, man, inshallah, bro, inshallah, he uh, he's gonna be taking that shahada real soon, bro. Inshallah. Hamza, bro, if you made it this far, for any weird reason, if you're even watching the video, if if you're ready, you're ready. If you're not, you're not. But regardless, when we come see you, bro, we're, we're trying to get that in-person podcast, bro, with or without you as a Muslim, bro. We got we to gotta just have some real conversations, bro, because we don't discriminate over here. We got Christians on the on the channel. You know, you, you already know what the vibe is. We'll talk with anyone. We don't discriminate. But at the end of the day, we're firm in what we believe as to be true and what we believe as to not be true, right? But we're not going to just, you know, invalid and, you know, we're not going to talk to them. There's no hope for them, nothing like that over here. So we love talking to other people, getting their points of view, getting their view on the world, right? And inshallah, we can do the same with you, bro. Inshallah. All right, said. guess uh, Rami's not here, so you're going to do the dua? Uh, I don't know the dua that he does, bro. What was the one that you, you did with me and Wahab? Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Muslims in Norway are now establishing a masjid and dawah center to enhance the Norwegian dawah. If you donate to this cause, you will inshallah reap the rewards of thousands of Muslims coming back to Islam and many of those will become du'at and invite to Islam. So click the link and donate now and share the video for extra rewards.